Blog Talk Radio. It's November 6, 2016. Hello and welcome to Working for a Living Blog Talk Radio Show, where progressives for change present opinions that matter. Tonight we're joined by co-hosts Jeff Brown and David Fillion. I'm your moderator, Leroy McKnight. We certainly hope that everyone enjoyed this past week holiday uh, weekend with uh, Halloween there, and that everybody stayed safe. We hope that for everybody. Uh, we have a few announcements. Uh, first announcement is that while the members at Local Union 9 remain locked out, they do have an offer of a tentative agreement coming to them. See the post on our Working for a Living Facebook, Facebook page. Uh, second announcement, remember to participate in the Working for a Living write-in campaign to the U.S. Senate to oppose the Trans-Pacific Partnership. Instructions are on the Working for a Living Facebook page. The third announcement, Working for a Living continues to support Unifor as they vote on their tentative agreement with Ford today. uh, Our fourth announcement, um, Teamster member Ken Hall, Hoffa's running mate, was charged uh, by a federal government obstructing for obstructing justice investigations, uh, uh, obstructing investigations into corruption, embezzlement, employer gifts, and uh, employer or, or, and payoffs. So, uh, seventh, for those of you who who are Teamster members and listening to the show. The Teamster election is a mail-in election. Ballots must be postmarked by November 9th and received by November 14th. If you need a ballot, please call 844-428-8683. We have one email. Uh, We uh, missed your show last week and hope it was not related to the reason that we could not download it from the week before, Herb in Florida. Uh, Herb, we believe we have all of this corrected now, so uh, hopefully that's the case. Uh, let me bring on the uh, first guest, or first uh, co-host, rather. Uh, in the, let's get uh, Jeff Brown on here and uh, say hello to Jeff. Hi, Jeff. How are you doing? Oh, I'm making it, Leroy. How are you? Good. I'm doing pretty good. I tell you, it was just a gorgeous day here in mid-Michigan. Not a cloud in the sky all day, and we got an extra hour. So uh, how's the weather and and, uh, all of that going down there around your Flat Rock area? Uh, Great day. um, Good. Good. Upper 60s for November. But uh, it was a good day this time of year. Pretty good, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it felt like I think 72 was the highest I saw. The feel feels like uh, age on the the old uh, phone here. So let's bring on David Fillion. David, how are you? I'm real good, Leroy. How are you? I'm pretty good. I uh, you know I know you're not that far to the west. I imagine you had a similar day that we had here in the, the Mid Michigan area. Kind of took the day off and watched the Lions win a great game. Well, good, good. I went. They went to overtime, didn't they? Yes, they did. Um, How about they had that? seventeen. Yeah. They had seventeen seconds left on the clock, and uh, two plays. They managed to um, get within field goal range, and uh, kicked a beautiful fifty-eight yard field goal to uh, tie the game up. Won the coin toss and uh, ran the. Um, field for a touchdown. Nice job by Stafford and the yeah. team. Yeah, good, good for the Lions. We we haven't had much to uh, celebrate here in the Mid Michigan area with the Spartans struggling as bad as they are. Uh, we'll see how they finish out the season. Who knows? Uh, so, Un- yeah. unlike our uh, friends sitting on the other side of the table, the Blue and Mace guy. I'm kind of getting accustomed to losing. (laughs) (laughs) How about that U of M, Jeff? What are you thinking? (laughs) 
Number hey, two in the nation. Huh? Yeah. First time in a long time. Yeah, destined for Congratulations, the, you know, the playoffs if they don't, yeah, if they don't mess up. Congratulations. Congratulations, you betcha. Yeah, to the team, too. They're doing a good job down there under Harbaugh. You know, you've got to hand it to them. Uh, so with that, let's get on with uh, what we're going to talk about this evening. Uh, I know Jeff uh, wants to go uh, first again, I think. Uh, he has a report uh, about Tuesday, I think. Is that what you're going to talk about tonight, Jeff? Yeah, Tuesday is, I believe, what everybody's been waiting to uh, arrive for the last year. Um, I do have to say this is um, a very unusual presidential campaign with all the chatter going back and forth. and, and It's just been one ugly presidential campaign. Uh, campaign. Um, I, for one, am looking forward to be over with. Um, I will be out there voting on Tuesday. And we don't like to tell you how to vote on the show, but we do want you to do vote, of course. Um, there's been a lot of stuff in the news lately. And at this time, late in the, in the campaign, I don't believe anything that comes up on that about either candidate anymore. Um, so down to the wire, a lot of lies going on, bickering back and forth. Um, I'm just tired of it. I think the American people are as, are as well. Um, this kind of reminds me of the 1968 election. We had people protesting against the war in Vietnam. Um, this year, it, it hot topics are trade agreements, of course. They're not talking a whole lot, whole lot about education like they do, should have, or always have done in the past. Um, trade agreements, they hurt everybody, you know, and... and we need to find a candidate who will stop them. Um, I just just really amazed at the number of people in, in the outrage coming out of both both parties, both candidates. Um, immigration, you know, is we're all immigrants. Let's put it that way. Um, unless you're a Native American, you know. Indians found Columbus lost at sea in 1492. Um, other than that, we're all, we're all immigrants, you know. And if you don't like the refugees coming over from Syria, my my normal answer is maybe we should stop bombing Stop making refugees. Um, there's no reason for us to be over there, you know, and, and causing, you know, this. If, it, if we did what, or if other people did what to us, what we are doing to them, our country would call it terrorism, right? Think about it. Think about it nice and hard how much money we put into our military to invade other countries and why. It's a lot of stuff. Um, I did see something on the Facebook last night that some TV station in Tennessee has already announced the winner of the election. Um, kind of weird. It's I don't believe anything I read anymore. One, both parties are saying each of the other candidate, each candidate is should be in jail. Yeah, maybe, maybe. But you guys, the American people, gotta decide who's the best candidate for our kids. Who's gonna lead us 
in the right direction and make make the improvements for the people. You know, you quote John F. Kennedy, let's not seek the Republican answer or the Democratic answer. Let's seek the right answer for the American people. Good quote. Very good quote. Um, it's just take time on Tuesday because all the workers, you know, we all had the day off. Uh, we'll be out there voting. And please, take, take your kids, take your vote kids, let them experience the first time in the voting booth. When my 1992, during the presidential camp election night, I took my four-year-old son at the time, and we would stood in line for almost an hour. He was very calm and quiet. I took him inside the voting booth with me. I showed him how I do it, and he's been addicted to politics ever since. So take your kids. Show them what democracy is supposed to look like. Okay? Please. The kids got to get involved because someday they are going to lead our country. So educate them. That's about all I have, Leroy. Um, I can go deeper, but you know, I can probably anger a lot of people, yeah. and I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. No, I no, it's, it's not our purpose to to anger anybody. Do you do you have a congressional candidate in your area that's endorsed by the UAW? Yes, or, I do. Uh, and that is uh, Ms. Debbie Dingle. Debbie Dingle. Okay. Debbie Dingle, the wife of uh, the Senator Congressman John Dingle, who was in Congress for well over 50 years. Yeah, he was the second-generation Dingle, too, I think. Yes, he was. His father was a long-term congressman from this area in the 16th District. Uh, Debbie is, has been very active in the community uh, for many years. He sat on the um, General Motors board for a while. Um Always seen her around town with John, and um, that's who the UAW was supporting. Uh, Debbie Dingle for the 16th District U.S. Congress seat. Uh, this will be her second term, I believe. So she was voted in for the first time two years ago. That's all I got. Me right. She's always supported her husband in every way. Uh, when he yeah. was in Congress and has all of the, uh, the same um, uh, values uh, regarding working men and women. And, of course, uh, John Dingell was iconic in his support for working men and women uh, in but Congress. So we, we, right, certainly the Asada workers. So we appreciate all of what he did and uh, what his wife is doing as he's retired. Uh-huh. So, and she's quite, she's a little bit younger than he is, but uh, nice, uh, nice family, very well in, entrenched in in uh, the uh, political scene. Uh, so we we wish her luck. Um, yep. So David, do you do you have anything to follow up on on uh, Just Report? Um, yeah, um, a little bit. Um, I'll be glad when the elections are over. Um. I'm tired of all the infighting um, amongst our members. Um, like Jeff said, we don't want to tell anybody how to vote. Just do it, vote. Um, it's our duty as members to vote under the Constitution. Um, like I said, I'm kind of upset about all the infighting amongst the members. Um, it kind of takes light off of where we're at. Um as UAW members. Um, Today I made this comment. um, I didn't make everybody mad, but probably a few. Um, This comment that I made says, the new UAW supported the movement of our jobs to Mexico. They also asked you to vote for it, and you agreed with them. GM membership helped close Janesville, Wisconsin. 
I'm more frightened by our leadership and all of you than any president we elect. We've sold our jobs, participated in wage inequality, damned the young into poverty and old age. Now you all want to participate in infighting over to candidates who care nothing about any of us. In the end, we only have each other. Please see that fact. Um, six people liked that, and one brother said that it was well said, time to drain the swamp at Solidarity House. I'm in agreement with him. So, um, in my congressional district, which is three, um, I have uh, Douglas Smith, who is running in the Democratic um, uh, slot, and I will be voting for him. Um, he, uh, I don't know too much about him. Um, Justin Amash has been uh, is the incumbent. And uh, it's looked at, looked to that he will win. Um, I'm hoping that won't be the case. And uh, so that's who we have endorsed in the in the third congressional district. Um, he has some things here on his website: economic equality and opportunity. We believe that economic equality and opportunity go hand in hand. Far too long, the benefits of America have flowed only to those at the top. We will fight to raise the minimum wage, increase corporate responsibility and profit sharing, and oppose any and all laws that make things harder for workers. Shared prosperity cannot be wished for. It has to be fought for. Um, what I do know about this guy, he's actually worked for a living before. So that's a plus. Um, and rights for all. We will fight for the rights of all to have basic dignity. We will strive to pay for equity, gender equality, and towards social society where each and every person is treated fairly and with respect. This starts right here in Michigan with justice for Flint. But we cannot change America without you. Join us and we will fight for laws that bring power to the people where it belongs. Um, so that's about all I have on uh, Douglas Smith. Um, like I said, he'll be receiving my vote on Tuesday. And, uh, so that's about all I have to add, Leroy. Okay, thanks for adding that to Jeff's uh, report. Uh, I have a little to add to Jeff's report myself uh, here uh, in Michigan, all three of us are in Michigan, so we're talking about our Michigan congressional candidates tonight. Uh, as uh, we know, whoever's in the White House needs either the support of Congress or the balance of Congress to balance off whatever might be going on. Uh, so uh, the UAW uh, has endorsed candidates, and they've asked us to consider them. Uh, I'll be considering the UAW endorsement. I've gotten a call from Region 1, uh, and I've gotten a text from Region 1. I happen to be in Region D and did not receive either of those from Region D. But I was contacted uh, by uh, Region 1, and, and I appreciate uh, them uh, reaching out to me here in uh, mid-Michigan. Uh, the uh, 8th Congressional District candidate, uh, actually lives in Region 1, so I imagine that had something to do with it, even though they uh, only represent a small portion of the district. Uh, we certainly appreciate that call. Uh, the the uh, candidate in the 8th Congressional District, mine, which goes from uh, Lansing, uh, Ingham County, through Oakland County, where, I'm sorry, through Livingston County, where Brighton, Michigan is, and then through the northern half of uh, Oakland County. Uh, the candidate is Susanna Twerkelly, and uh, she is a prosecutor in Macomb County, an attorney by trade. Uh, she's uh, very supportive of uh, labor. Uh, she replaced Melissa Gilbert, who had to, the, that's the lady that was from Little House on the Prairie. Uh, she withdrew from the race for health reasons after the uh, 
date that she could withdraw it where we could replace her. So there was a little contention. So our candidate, Suzanne Shaquelli, is a little bit late getting into the race uh, in that they couldn't appoint her until August 3rd. Uh, And we appreciate her being a candidate uh, in the 8th District, and she's been fully endorsed by the vetted and, and endorsed by the UAW. So uh, that's my congressional candidate, and like uh, both Jeff and David in my area, I will be supporting the Democratic congressional candidate. Uh, I can't ask anybody to do anything in that voting booth. All I can tell you is what I'm doing, and uh, I support the UAW's ticket uh, in regard to this uh, congressional race, and I've been supporting candidates locally by walking for them. I'm a, uh, a week ago Friday, two Fridays ago, I finished up the political action committee reporting that I did. I'm treasurer of the local PAC supporting my local candidates. Uh, so I've been knee-deep in this election. Uh, like both Jeff and David and most of you listeners, we're about tired of this one. We like to see it get over. The top of the ticket's been fighting far too much. But remember, down the ticket is probably as important to you as anything at the top of the ticket. Lower on the ticket affects you more directly. So take a good hard look at your local candidates. And if you can support them, get behind them if they're UAW endorsed. Because they spend a lot of time vetting these people. You know, I'd had that job for a while. And uh, making sure they're account- held to account and accountable for actions when it comes time to labor issues that affect working men and women. So, uh, And here locally, I and others uh, go to meetings and listen to meetings, watch meetings uh, to uh, make sure that things are not getting sideways regarding us. So encourage everybody to, that has any interest to do that as well and then report back to your your uh, representative in the UAW if you see something that might not be uh, kosher. So having said that, it's true that the top of the ticket has not been addressing the issues. The core issues in our country are health care and the tax imbalance with the rest of the world. I refer you to our July 31st show that I went in-depth about the core issues regarding the tax imbalance. I spent a lot of time studying it in the late 80s, early 90s, and it's worth going over and taking a look at, uh, or listening to, rather. Uh, I've been a long supporter since 2009 of the single-payer health care system, where we have Medicare for everybody. I actually have my little T-shirt from when we were protesting down to the Capitol here. Uh, so it's, uh, uh, it's important that we address these issues. No one in our country should go without health care. Every other first world country and some third world countries, even like Mexico, have national health care. Nobody has to worry about having health care available for them. Nobody's paying the $1,000 a year extra in retirement just because the health care costs have gone up and they've changed the system and relieved the company of their obligation. Which brings me to the next thing that Jeff wrote as a Facebook post today. I fully support Jeff in his effort to write that post and what he said. I learned about it after he wrote it, but I'm telling you, our union leaders have allowed politics to get out of control. They've allowed the corporations to get out of control, and the swamp needs to be drained, as the one brother reported. It's time to stop and reverse. Stop and reverse. Jobs leaving this country, and we need to 
re-insource work that's been outsourced, the third third tier companies within the United States. People making ten, twelve, thirteen dollars an hour at a job shop simply is not enough. It wouldn't take all that much more to get everybody to tier one wages. And you're going to hear a little bit about earnings in just a few minutes. But keep in mind as we go through that, our union leaders allowed that to occur without clawback. Everybody asked for concessions when they were in trouble, those in trouble, and I'll say that out loud. My accountant will never buy another General Motors car because he doesn't believe they were bankrupt. The first quarter afterwards, they started making profit. It's just, it just doesn't add up. Not in accountants' minds, not in the minds of the United States Attorney General, who a year ago opened a year and some months ago opened a, an investigation into the bankruptcy legitimacy of the bankruptcy. We haven't heard any more about it as the election has been going on. So, lots of things to consider as we vote on Tuesday. Lots of things to consider as the Constitutional Convention comes up for the UAW where we'll elect new leadership. Team working for a living will be represented at Constitutional Convention with a full slate of candidates. We are not playing, and we will do what it takes and spend the money that it takes to win this election. It's growing every day. There's people out there trimming at our tails, and you'll hear more about that next week. But we're going we're gonna to be successful And we'll turn the tide of our union. And with that sort of a turn the tide of our country. And I refer you to the July 31st radio show to see what some of those problems are. Having said that, well, that's all I have to add to, to Jeff's report. Uh, David, uh, do you have a report you'd like to get into tonight? Yep, I'm looking at uh, Ford earnings, Leroy. Um, start out with uh, the market share. Um, year to date, 2015 was uh, 15%, and uh, that remains the same in 16, with a 0% change year over year. So they stayed right at 15%. Um, total vehicle sales year to date in 15 was. 213,105. The year to date in 16 is 187,692 vehicles manufactured. Um, Year over year change, it's negative 25,413,000 for an 11.90% percentage change. Um, net income in millions year to date. Um, last year in 15 was a negative 126 um, million. Um, year to date in 2016, we have 5,379,000. Year over year change, 5,505,000. That's a four. increase in year-to-year cash on hand in billions. Um, Year-to-date, 2015, 1.8 billion. Year-to-date, in 16, 11.2 billion. Year-over-year change, 9.4 million. And... uh, that's a 622% increase in cash on hand. Um, 
one thing that's notable here, um, cash on hand this year is a lot more than last year. Um, that was a contract year. And uh, it seems that uh, things were suppressed last year. Interesting, huh? During the contract yeah, it is. year. Yeah. So those are the numbers and what they look like. Okay. Okay. Uh, Jeff, you're from Ford. Do you have any thoughts on Ford itself? Well, we all know that um, our great leadership at 8000 Jefferson Avenue are, are in cahoots with all three companies. Um, Ford, you know, they... If sales are up like that, a lot of our plants have been shut down for a week here and week there. According to them, uh, sales declined this this quarter. Um, I don't trust the company or the union leadership. Numbers can be fixed, finagled any which way to, a, to meet their needs to report on. Um, it's just a shame that I can't trust my leadership for doing the right thing for its dues-paying membership. Shame on you guys. We all knew Ford was in better shape. We all knew GM was in better shape. Um, even our, our, our friends over in Canada, in the, the big three, uh, they took it hard. This contract, this year, this month, last one. But um, I don't trust those guys. And like Leroy said, we're coming after you. Coming after you. Be prepared. Okay. For that, for coming, get me. So, <laughs> so I got Leroy. Okay. Uh, thanks for that follow-up on, on David's report. Uh, I'm going to um, give you the same... Go ahead, Jeff, or David, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, when we look at these numbers, and I could drive by Lansing and Grand River and see all these Camaros parked all over the place. Are those cars in transit? Could I'll let you explain that. I'll well, let you it, explain it, that, it, yeah, I'll get to that. Uh, how about if I follow up with that after I give the GM numbers? Yeah, that would be okay, but I would like to touch base on that, how these numbers can be. Um, oh, sure. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'll, I'll get that. Uh, I uh, don't have much more to add with uh, to, Jeff, or to David's report. Uh, what I do have to add, I'm going to follow up with in, in my own report, and I'm going to give you the basically the rundown on General Motors here as well, uh, like uh, David did for Ford, and then we'll have some commentary on that uh, behind that. Um, uh, General Motors, uh, total market share in 2015, year-to-date, and uh, everything that we're talking about here is year-to-date, uh, and our sources are their own reports and the uh, Wall Street Journal report that they uh, published uh, subsequent to their reports, the each uh, Ford and General Motors. Um, so their year-to-date uh, of 2015 market share was 17.7%, and in 2016 it was 17.1%, a loss of 0.6% uh, year-over-year change. Uh, they've lost market share virtually every quarter since the bankruptcy, and this is sad. It is a major problem. If you are in the automobile business and you continue to lose market share, you are not doing yourself, your employees, or the communities in which you reside any good whatsoever. 
It cannot be good to continually lose market share. I don't care what Roger Smith said. I'd much rather listen to Alfred P. Sloan. Some of you don't know who he is. Check him out. We'll cover at some point. Total vehicle sales in 2015, year-to-date, were 262,993. Year-to-date in 16, 258,284. That's a reduction of 4,709 vehicles, or down about 1.7%. Now, see... Market sales have gone down. Okay, net income, 2015 year to date. Net income was one one point. Yeah, this is in millions, so it's one billion three hundred fifty nine uh, 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 million. So that's a thousand. 359 million or 1.359 billion. I'll give it to you in billion. Uh, that was in 15. In 16, it was 2,773,000,000 year to date. Year over year increase in net income was 1,414,000,000, an increase of 204% net income. On fewer car sales, Fewer car sales. Cash on hand in billions at year to date in 2015 during a contract year. Now remember, this is during the contract time last year, 2.2 billion cash on hand. This year, with no contract going on, 10.1 billion, an increase year over year of 7.9 billion or percentage wise 459% increase in cash on hand again you're seeing suppression of critical numbers during the 2015 contract year and again they're unsuppressed even though sales are down this year in 2016 year to date I want to point out as well, General Motors made more income, again, by 204% with the same number of UAW members, employees, if you will. That's 204% more income that they generated with the same number of our members. And since the General Motors 2009 bankruptcy, it's been reported to me that this now represents 25 consecutive quarters of profit for General Motors. I remind everybody that in the face this annualized General Motors egregious profit annualized will represent 11.2 billion dollars in profit this year third of a billion, a little over one-third of a billion, brings all the Tier 2 people up to legacy wages. Christian Didak reported that right after the ConCon last year, or just before one of the two, as I recall. So that report was substantial and significant that she wrote up. And it shows just exactly how our leadership has left us down, failed us. These profits by these companies, especially General Motors, even though Ford lost money, they didn't lose money, they went, uh, you know, their profits went down year over year because of some things. That they annualized, they they reduced it from 10.8 to 10.2. Earlier this this year, they made an adjustment from the projections for the total year because of the uh, 
situation with the door latch uh, recall. $600 million they figured that cost them. They'll pay that for a door latch recall, but they won't pay it half of that to bring the people up to parity because there's no pressure by our union leadership to fix that. They said the pie is only so big. Well, the damn pie looked pretty damn big from where I'm sitting. And if you just listen to these numbers and the projections for the whole year, 10-2 for Ford and 11-2 for General Motors based on what they just reported, annualized that number. $2.8 billion they made in the third quarter. That pie is pretty good sized to me. I hope it stays that well. We saw the numbers go down. The sales numbers in both instances are down. Ford was down 11.9% year over year, and General Motors was down 1.7% year over year. David brought up the point about how they finesse things during a contract year. Under a working for a living administration, they will not be able to do that. We will not look at smoke and mirrors and accept that as being correct. For you see, they've long done the following. In a contract year, they can leave the stock, the finished cars, the finished product or cars or trucks, on the parking lots after the, the, the uh, final assembly point, after it's been through market or uh, car reconditioning. When all of those things are done and they put them out in the lot, then they have the option of how they want to treat that vehicle. They can leave it sitting in the lot, showing no profit necessarily, hardly any. Maybe even a loss, as was the case at Ford last year, showing a loss year to date. Or... They can show them as in transit, sold at the door where they left the plant and show those as extraordinarily extraordinary profits. It's the same number you put it in column A or in column B. Where do you show it in transit? You move the line to the back door and say they're all profit or you move the line to the end of the parking lot before they get put on a truck, train, or driven over to the local dealership. That line can represent of dollars in profit or non-profit. And again, this is just our opinion well-educated opinion, nonetheless, they finesse those numbers during a contract year. And people like Dennis Williams and Gary Castile, Norwood Jewell, Mary Barra, Cindy Estrada, Jimmy Settles, Sergio Marchione, all drink from the same trough, Bill Ford. And then they send that stuff to us. Oh, we're in trouble. We can't get anything. We're, the pie's only so big. Look it. The pie's only so big. Ford lost money. We've been through this about how they're going to, when the, when the stock market finally does go down, about how they're going to take the losses unrealized losses and and show those 
against profits in the Ford Motor Company. We went through that when they announced that some time ago. Mark, they changed the accounting in the Ford pension plan to mark to market. In other words, even though they didn't change a thing, sell a thing, buy a thing, the value went down and they are able to reclaim that unrealized loss and then take it and balance it against their core business profits. So they're essentially making profits, but have a loss. Funny ways that you can mess with accounting. And people like Dennis Williams and Gary Castillo, Cindy Estrada, Jimmy Settles, Norwood Jewel, and their counterparts, counterpart CEOs drink from the same trough and then try and feed us that bullshit. Telling us, oh, the pie is only so big this year. But you unfinesse all of those things, and the pie was actually pretty pretty good size. So that's what in transit versus in stock in the parking lot means in a contract year, especially in a contract year. They can finesse that and change the point at which they place the cars or trucks and any vehicle in transit. They just change that point. And when they change that point, it means hundreds of millions of dollars. And they can change it anytime they want it. But over time, it balances out. So you have to take it over time. That's why we gave year-to-date numbers for everything we gave you, because sometimes the quarters are not reflective and representative of a longer period of time, So, even though we mentioned a little bit. So having said that, uh, that's about my report on General Motors and accounting structures and how they can be finessed uh, both in the, uh, the transit, in-transit point that's movable um, by some accountant in some office so that they can feed the, the unwitting UAW leadership, bullshit. And then another way where they've changed the market, the accounting uh, method in the retirement plan at uh, Ford Motor Company. I'm not sure what GM and Chrysler does. But we do know because they announced it about a year ago. So having said that, uh, 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 we'll go with David. David, do you have anything to follow up on? Um, well, these are all things that uh, we'll be looking at under a new administration when it comes time for bargaining. The books will be open, and we're going to know what we have for inventory. So we know how much pie there is. And we'll give this to our members to look at before they decide to make a vote. Well, I, you know, their, re, their quarterly reportings are really enough to, to, to show uh, and see where they're at. You know, we only need to really ask one question, where's your in-transit point and has it been moved? Other than that, we can we can break it all down there are forensic uh, accountants in the UAW that know how to do all of what I just told you. Yours truly knows how to do it all, all by my lonesome ass self. Remember what Monday morning said about me once they figured out who I was some time ago on another radio show. Monday morning, a senior UAW member at a very high level in the administration, wrote to another radio show every Monday and wrote a special email one day and announced who that he figured out him and his four uh, colleagues that are trusted 
figured out who I was, and then they made a comment about me. And it's uh, humbling, to say the least, what he said. But I, uh, I, you know, I uh, stand up to everything that he said. I represent, without a question. And so, having said all of that, you know, I'm capable of doing what he said and what I said. Uh, Jeff, do you have anything to add? Um, I think I'm going to maybe once after every show or during every show come up with a little segment that what we remember. And I'm going to send this out to Mr. Jimmy Settles. Mr. Settles, the membership, your membership, remembers the equity of sacrifice grievance. We know it was a lie. And it's you and Mr. King was present time and Mr. Gelfinger well, all three liars. You guys don't deserve that raise you get every constitutional convention. And when we take over on my behalf I will not be asking the membership for a raise every constitutional convention. If we don't get it for the membership, then the leadership don't get one either. I challenge you guys. We remember the equity of sacrifice agreements lie. We put on notice on that. Next week I'll have another one for you. So I got Leroy. Okay. Uh, you know, it's long been forgotten about a fair day's work, a fair day's pay. And they've just been standing there with computers and putting computer monitors on on spindles and handguns and uh, air guns, electric guns, to maximize to the, to the point that these poor people are almost robots. And that's... Mm-hmm just unconscionable. They have them work in an uh, uh, alternative work schedule in a lot of cases. And that's unconscionable. Yep. Just not acceptable. You're not going to do that. You're simply not going to do it to our people. If they want to go to school and try and advance himself in the corporation or outside of the corporation, learn to be a better business manager of their own business if they have one on the side. Do anything in a school environment. They must go to class. And this precludes them from improving them in themselves in a self-improvement way that benefits where they work currently and where they may work in the future or if they want to just benefit themselves by and through their own family finances or family company that they might have themselves. It is wrong that you suppress anybody from improving themselves by not allowing them the free time off of the clock, consistent free time, so they can go to school and improve themselves. It's wrong. And it's going to change. If they don't want to school and improve themselves, they might like to go bowling on a bowling league consistently. They might want to go to church. Whatever they want to do with their free time, it's going to be consistent free time. You're not going to be messing with human beings, circadian clock, in the name of profit. That is going to end, period done with. Union leaders, I, I, you know, somebody told me our show is too negative. I just got to tell you, folks, you know, what they're doing to us is so bad, and it's so bad to even have to report it. There's nothing good that comes. Nothing. Three weeks ago, we mentioned on the show 
about how striker replacements under the National Labor Relations Act for people on strike are legal. We oppose it. We've opposed it. I did my best. I did my best to get Clinton to push it and get it passed through Congress, anti-replacement legislation. I have some things that I wrote up, little flyers that I made opposing it, supporting Senate Bill 1. Some of you may not remember what Senate Bill 1 was. We couldn't get it passed. But the thing that we mentioned on the show a few weeks ago is that we can't find any legislation anywhere except the company that is purporting it to be legal. And that is a replacement of locked-out workers, not striker replacements, but locked-out replacements. We don't see it. It's funny and very interesting that three weeks later, we have a tentative agreement on the table. Be careful out there, companies. Because I won't put up with your bullshit like these assholes in charge of our union are doing right now. We don't know it to be fact. But we sure do sense that it is. We're not going to put up with it. It's done. All the crap that you're feeding the guys and women that, that are there now is not going to be put up with in the future. And this is a message to the membership. If you like what we're saying, tell one person about this radio show. Tell one person to come and join you on Working for a Living Facebook page. Tell one person to check out our podcast on workingforaliving.com. Working, without a G, working for, that's the number four, a living, it, it has no G, working for a living, like it sounds with a number four workingforaliving.com working for a living Facebook page working for a living radio show on blog talk radio a lot of effort going into this to benefit you the membership this isn't about us grandstanding anything we spend a lot of time effort and energy researching the stuff that we bring to your attention you're not getting it anywhere else anywhere else Nobody's coming forward. Nobody's doing the work. Behind the scenes, we have appeals that we're shepherding through the system. We write them, 25-page answers. We appeal them, and you should take a look around and see who appealed them and who didn't. There's two alive on the issue of pension voting in the election and the issue of negotiating in a negative way for retirees yet again. There's two alive in the General Motors system. Check and see who who filed them and who didn't file them. And you should be easy enough to make an answer who you support after you figure that out. Having said that, uh, Jeff, thank you for everything you do and for your input this evening, and David, you as well. Do you have uh, Jeff, do you have anything else to add to the show this evening? No, my last comment is we do stand in support of the uh, people at Standing Rock over the uh, Dakota Pipeline, uh, please, please uh, support those those people. We know these oil companies are controlling everything, and we support the people at Standing Rock. And I think there is going to be a caravan of people going on bus from Detroit 
two uh, Standing Rock uh, Thanksgiving weekend. So if you're interested, uh, let us know, and I'll get you in contact with the person who is organizing that uh, bus trip. That's all I got, Leroy. Okay. I uh, I also support the people of Standing Rock. I made a comment on a Facebook page when they had a woman who is a uh, member of the film media who was up there filming, and they had charged her with a 25-year felony in, in California where she lived for having gone up there and filmed that. Those charges have been dropped, but during that period of time, while they were still pending, I, I contrasted the First Amendment. First Amendment saying that while First Amendment rights may be suspended by the media when it comes time to protecting our troops, that it, those suspensions do not extend to a construction site where people are being oppressed. And that got taken out of context. And I was attacked for not having sympathy, and I was a racist. Well, I take great exception to that, brother. You know who you are. Because I've supported... Oppression of the uh, uh, people that have been oppressed around the world, South Africa, all around the world. And I support the people that are being oppressed there as well, Standing Rock. People are getting killed. They want to take a pipeline through a cemetery. They want to defile sacred ground in the name of profit. They could run that a little ways east or west and not have any of the problems that they're currently having. But they won't do it because they have ego problems. These people should be left alone. The American Indians have been oppressed enough. The first friends that I have in the state of Michigan that befriended me were full-blooded American Indian men and women, the family. I love those people to death. I would do anything in my power to support them and all similar people. We support the oppressed people of Standing Rock 100%. And that's all I have to say about that, support of them. Thanks for bringing that up, Joe. I wasn't going to say anything, but seeing how it came up. There's a lot of infighting and people are throwing a lot of mud on Facebook. You better know what you're talking about. Contrast in the First Amendment has nothing to do with the oppression of those people in Standing Rock. I'm told this person was a radical's radical. That kind of radical radical will drive apathy right out the roof, and that's the last thing we need, brother. So you better get your facts straight. Know the issue before you talk about it. David, do you have anything to add? No, I think you guys um, pretty much um, expressed my sentiment as well. I support the um, Indians at Standing Rock. Um, what I have saw, the videos that the media suppresses. It's just horrific. Um, hopefully that that will come to a, a good conclusion in the end. Okay. 
I I do as well. And you know, as always, we want the sunshine light of day on the issue. And the more sunshine, the better the chance of what's being done will be in and harmful will end, and the people will be then allowed to enjoy a good life again, the life that they have. It's just sad this is going on. So, having said that, uh, uh, if there's any, anything else anybody has to say, you guys good? No, we're good. Okay. David, you're good. Okay. Having said that, the uh, show's uh, about six minutes long tonight. Try to keep it short, around an hour. Uh, with that, we'll uh, close the show out. Uh, we hope that everybody stays, stays safe in the upcoming week. Uh, much appreciated, everybody, for coming on the show. Everybody that was in the chat room, or not in the chat room, but in the switchboard, thank you for coming on and listening. We appreciate a great deal all the people who have come on uh, to listen to the show this evening. Uh, you know who you are, and you're all friends, and we much appreciate some of the team members. Uh, much appreciate everything that, uh, that you're doing in the neighbor la- name of labor as well. With that said, everybody have a good night, and uh, we'll see you next week. Good night, David and Jeff. Good night, good night, good night Jeff. Good night, good night everybody. Good night, good night listeners.